Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. We have two guests joining us again for the podcast. Ryan Heichel, Sales Manager for Shelter Systems Limited in Westminster, Maryland, and Jason Vallis, General Manager for Bruce Jones Contracting in Hanover, Pennsylvania. We're going to wrap up the discussion we've been having over the last few podcasts about how these two companies are leveraging their respective strengths to really be successful on projects. An example of their work can be found in the cover feature of the September 2020 issue of SBC Magazine, which highlighted their work on Maryland's largest affordable housing project to date, Woodlands at Reed Temple. Ryan and Jason, welcome back again. Thanks, Sean. Happy to be back. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, so in the last couple of podcasts, we explored sort of how Shelter Systems and Bruce Jones Contracting had figured out ways to leverage the synergies between the two companies, uh, bring your greatest strengths to bear and collaborate and be successful. Um, we also talked about some of the, the challenges up front on coordinating uh, such a massive project, uh, being involved in the design on the front end, uh, navigating some of the COVID logistical nightmares that, that came up uh, even as the project just started. Today, I want you to talk to me a little bit more about some of the framing challenges that this project presented and how you two companies ensured your success boots on the ground. You want to take that one, Jason? Sure. Sean, I, I, I think the easy thing to point out here is the four-story turrets on the either ends of these buildings, which is essentially the the, the round peg in the square hole, right? So looking at these things they did offer a few challenges because it's not a a, a traditional type of wall panel or design or, or roof uh, anything so right off the jump we had to figure out how exactly we were going to build these we were able to uh, through our designer paul drew everything out here so we decided we were going to cut all of the wall plates out of three-quarter inch plywood multi-layer them together for the wall plates uh, we were able to take every piece and have everything labeled out exactly so we were able to lay out all the windows that went around. Also presented a, a different challenge as well because you've got a round wall with a, with a flat window in it. So we had to incorporate things in our design to be able to set the window to have it be able to be flashed properly. As we moved up through there, there was also created uh, some issues with, with some loading. So you have girder truss loadings that's, that's coming down from the roof. And it's being transferred through uh, what was set up as um, uh, PSL beams, multiply LVLs as they're coming down through. So, for what they, you know, what they wanted to get done in here, also this would have changed all their bulkhead details. So we had to figure out a way to work with the MEP contractors and and the engineer to be able to get ductwork through there. That was Ryan and his team working with with the engineer of record uh, on this project to be able to redesign that to have a girder truss that allowed for the ductwork to be able to go through and then be able to distribute out to the fusers. So that that was that was a big thing right there. Um, so once they got all that stuff figured out, we got up into the roof, uh, you know, and, and it's essentially it's a it's a witch's hat type of roof. It's a, some head scratchers in there. Uh, but I think all in all that that came together well. 
one other piece was the fact that yes, this is a, a it's a twenty four foot radius as it goes up four stories, but on the outside of that as well is also a three story uh, flare that comes out from the bottom. It comes out it's about two foot up to nothing at the third floor. So the original drawings uh, had this as uh, as some, some stick framing, which you know to to try to get that out there and really build these circles and 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 have everything done quality accurately um would have been a, a a challenge so ryan and his team had the idea of it man, we can we can build trusses here and they were able to trust the whole thing out which which took all the brain work out of the ground and let the guys really kind of cut loose i can't say enough for that things that that could have gone wrong that's one that we could still be out there building this circle and and there's so much geometry going on in there well to give credit where credit's due here the uh the idea so i, I would call this a, a witch's hat with a skirt essentially it's a four-story yeah. round uh, basically a cylinder with a dual pitch uh roof that had a massive cantilever and then three you know down below in the bottom three stories there was a super steep pitched flare that went all the way down to the bottom so to trust that flare that was actually the original idea came from bruce jones himself but i got to give credit to to rob gravis and and paul Dietz and working with again the architect and engineer to okay we can build this thing out of a very long uh very skinny very steep truss how do we attach it how do we support it um how do we brace it uh there was some there was some massive challenges there. Uh, and not to mention that the roof itself on both sides, we ended up having to make some last minute adjustments there as well. Uh, once we finally put the whole thing in 3d modeling, we discovered that the, uh, long cantilevers that I referenced previously ended up interfering with the, with the main hip roof. They clashed. Uh, so we had to adjust wall heights. We had to adjust heels we had to make some last minute changes without deviating too far from the architectural intent. A clash like that, I feel like it was resolved in a matter of hours instead of a RFI that went through with a two week response and then a redesign and then another two week submittal. It happened instantly. Um, and that just falls back down on that, on that communication. I'd love to share some some details back and forth of what what that really looked like specifically the I called it a skirt how that tied into the uh, the, the the round wall panels that Bruce's team built and then the level of detail that went into drawing sections of how those windows were set uh, in a flat window set inside of a radius and exactly how deep that window was going to be set and again how you're going to flash it it was. Uh, that that uh, that was Paul Dietz's mastery right there. But what you guys are talking about, both of you here, is the value that you guys can bring to a project when you componentize it, right? Because you're you're thinking through all of these framing challenges far in advance, and you're figuring out what's the best solution, both from a a material usage side of things, from a flow of loads types of things, from a fabrication side of things. And you're working that all out far in advance, not on the job site in the moment, right? Right. I mean, we have a tendency of talking about the the roof trusses and floor trusses, but I mean, this this is about with the walls too, right? If if the walls hadn't been panelized on this project ahead of time, if, if somebody had been trying to stick frame that tower, it would have been a literal nightmare, correct? 
Absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd call it not a nightmare, excuse my French, I'd call it a no shit moment. Okay, this building wouldn't have happened if the first time the plans were opened up uh, was a week or two before the uh, before the lumber got dropped on the on the job site to stick build this building. It just it wouldn't have happened. The building might not have lended itself to be easily designed with components, but it needed it. It needed it more than I think anybody that really, when the, when the project was first conceptualized, I think it needed it more than anybody knew. Um, but yeah, you, Sean, you hit the, the nail on the head there. Yeah, that, that's one thing about the, the the wall panelization process. It forces all these questions up front, and and it 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 puts the design team in a position where they need to take a look at stuff. It is very much different than than a stick framer that would be delivering material to the job site and, and, uh, you know, trying to lay out with a set of plans, you know, um, this, this would have been one that, that may have not been successful for. Um, and, and because we were able to get ahead, this, this, that was the, this was the key. This is, is part of the, the wall panel process. Right. Pain, pain in the ass up front to avoid the oh shit moment towards That's the end. That's it. I, yeah, I, right? I say, I say that to everybody. I am going to be a colossal pain in your butt, but you're going to love me. You're going to love me in two months. And uh, and that's what it is because a lot of times they don't understand is why do you care how big the hole in the wall is? You know, if there's a penetration, why are you riding me about, you know, the, the type B window? Uh, and it's because it relates to it relates to loading. It relates to header size. It, it's going to move a wall. It may uh, affect something else. And, and that's it. Very involved. All the yeah, once, once you have to cut a panel, right, Jason, that the, the value just completely goes away. You've, you've missed the point completely. Right. Anybody can, can do that. You want to try to hit it right the first time. For this, the size of this job and how everything went through, uh, there were very little modifications to anything after what we had designed. It was installed that way. There were uh, little to no uh, truss repairs even on this job. And it's just a, a testament to that process and really being able to have the time to get things right and, and being able to work with a, with a design team that is open for a suggestion. Maybe there's a better way. And, you know, sometimes there is. And uh, I, I just, this is a prime example of, of everything that happens when, when it goes together correctly. And right. Listen, we're, we're human, right? We make mistakes. Sure. Right. This project was not mistake free. Um, you know, I, there's a there's a couple of mistakes that Shelter Systems made. Uh, we flipped the trash chute, ended up having a couple of truss repairs, I flipped the orientation of the trash chute. Um, we ended up having to move some some trusses around uh, uh, well after the fact to accommodate uh, a, a chase for some of the main electrical lines uh, that that weren't quite lining up floor to ceiling, but. You know, a couple of little things here and there for a project of that size. I mean, that that's the reason for all the effort up front. People are going to make mistakes, but everybody's a lot more successful if you can if you can reduce the, the total number by just putting in the hard work up front. I, I would like to point out that I have never made a mistake. <laughs> and I've, I've never been wrong. I, I'll stand Excellent. by that. Excellent. Can't wait for my next conversation with Bruce. I'll point that out and see what he says. So I'm curious, guys. Um, I mean, a project this massive all the success you had, was there anything that you guys learned over the course of this particular project that became sort of a, a permanent change? It became a, this is how we do things now because of something that you learned on this project? Well, of course, you know, COVID forced a lot of immediate changes. 
were we all ready to, to immediately go into a work from home model? No, nobody was ready, but you made it work. Um, I think that's not necessarily project related and more situational. There were little things to learn, but I think it was more just reinforcing what we've been doing right for such a long time. And maybe that's a little egotistical, but I, I, I truly believe it's the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to keep going back to the COVID angle here, but uh, there was a lot of practices that got in place at all. No, no one knew what was going on. So, you know, every, everyone needs to wear a mask. Everyone, uh, you want to stay six feet apart, the, the whole nine yards. Well, you're standing a 400 pound wall. There's you and one other guy. You, you may have to get closer than six. So th- there's ways that we looked at that as well and, and able to keep certain guys working together. Uh, you know, and, and they were identified that way and, and try to separate from another cruise, a lot of stuff about cleaning tools and, and equipment and, and everything as, as that was going through. And we were, I mean, right on the, on the leading edge of this, that was a very interesting, uh, piece to this project for sure. And one thing that I, I don't think that we've really touched on is it, Jason and I talk every single day about all the projects that we have going on, perspective projects, the, the ones that are in punch out. But one thing that we haven't touched on is the amount of real touch points between our companies. Um, it's not just me talking to Jason. It's Rob Grabus, a trust designer, talking to Paul Dietz, a wall panel designer. It's, uh, it's uh, Todd Vollmer in my shipping department, customer service department, calling the job site every day, whether that be Jason or, or one of the superintendents to find out whether that, that, uh, that truck is going to be arriving uh, at the exact time that's needed or not. Um, it's, it's everybody's talking to everybody and we're all on the same page. Nobody really misses a beat. And the fact that that communication, that level of communication continued in the middle of a huge cultural transition from office space to work from home is, is, I, I, I still blows my mind. Um, I mean, really ne- never skipped a beat. I, I mean, the, the day that we sent all of our designers home, you know, and the same thing with, with Jason, I mean, Rob and Paul were talking the next day. It's just, it was seamless. That was perfect. Definitely. Yeah, there is, a, I, I can't even speak for how much, how much that goes back and forth. Also, all of our field superintendents, have communication with with sheltered shipping with the designers if they if they see something going on if they don't understand something or see something that maybe they can change moving forward um i mean it, there's no hesitation at all it's 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 constant and it's all day and it's fluid you know it doesn't really get much better if wade needs a floor truss repair and he calls me first and i don't happen to answer the phone and he wants to pick it up and and talk to uh you know talk to one of my guys like steve or rob or anything like that they're they're there um, the, the, it's, it's wide open here. There's no, there's no restriction on communication. If somebody from Bruce's team calls shelter, they're going to talk to somebody and we're eventually all going to know about it. All right. So let me ask you this. I mean, you guys have provided a lot of detail on how you coordinate together, how well you work together. If there's a, a component manufacturer or a frame or a contractor out there who's listening to your bromance and saying, man, I want that. I want that so bad with somebody in my market, somebody I can partner with. What would you suggest would be their first step? How, how should they start trying to uh, build something like this? Where, what should they be looking for? 
first of all, I appreciate you calling it a bromance because there we go. Uh, I think I spend more time with Jason than I do my own family, which is <laughs> That's, fine. He's yep. my brother. Um, That's it, man. But I, I would recommend just look, find someone you can trust that's going to act in the best interest of your team. So you're, I know that Jason has, he's got my back. He's going to act in the best interest of shelter systems. And I'm going to act in the best interest of Bruce L. Jones contractor. Find somebody that you trust. You can have that relationship with, and then just commit to a strategic alliance. I have a lot easier time talking with somebody from Bruce's team as early and as often as I do knowing that when it comes to decision time and we're at the table, we're going to the table together. It's not, I'm not a, I'm not a number on a spreadsheet to Bruce L. Jones. I'm his guy and Bruce is my guy. And I, that's, you got to find that if if it's going to work. There's a lot to be said for that. And finding relationships like this, uh, yeah, match.com. Maybe. <laughs> just, I, I don't, I don't I'm know. glad you didn't say tender. I'm just <laughs> no. I'm glad. Oh, no, no, no. Come on. We're, we're adults here. Um, so basically, uh, you know, there's, there's things in here as well where we have a lot of the same shared challenges and, and it makes it easy for, for some of these conversations where we're, we're looking out for each other or how, however it goes. Um, and then, and then also working together, I know that uh, if we're we're going through something, and and you know maybe I see something one way, Bruce sees something one way, and then uh, Ryan will or look and, and have a completely different take on it. And hey, man, maybe that's better, you know. But 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 you always want to be open to to whatever those suggestions are, and 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 listen to what everyone around you is telling you. You want to be as successful as you can at your end product. Right. I, I was talking to Jason. I think last week. It was, and and we're working together on. Uh, you know, we we have tough projects. Um, you know, we'll 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 work with anybody who's money screen, just as long as they pay their bills. Um, and, and there's some teams that are that are better than others. Um, but you get into a situation where, you know, Jason and I are talking late on a Friday, and we just both get the feeling that we have a, a client that might try to pit us against one another. And Jason turned around and his immediate reaction was good luck. <laughs> and you know what? That, that is, that, that's, that's it right there. Right. That's it. You got to find that. Well, Ryan and Jason, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Sean. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Jason. Thank you, Sean. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to be on this podcast and look forward to it coming out. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also consider subscribing to SBCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.